Listener Production. Coming up on today's episode of Footy Talk, we'll whip around the grounds. We'll get you up to date with everything that's happened across round 23. The Saints taking on the Cats at Marvel Stadium. The Crows and the Swans in a thriller at the Adelaide Oval. And what in the world happened to the Bombers? That's all coming up on Footy Talk. Sunday's edition of Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, of course, Spotify or Listener, then please hit the like button and leave us a review or a rating. We've got new episodes landing every day and you'll always hit the like button when you know that Kate McCarthy's on board. K-Mac, nice to see you and... Jim, we've got a bit to talk about from Saturday of round 23. It was a big Saturday, a big Saturday for some clubs and a very disappointing Saturday for others. So, yeah, let's get into it and, and wrap up the, the first Saturday of, I guess, results that really shaped the top eight. Why don't we start with where we are tonight at Marvel Stadium, the Saints and the Cats. It was, we built it as a mini elimination final, a round 23 elimination final. The loser, particularly if it was Geelong, their season was over, um, They'd be pretty disappointed with that performance, I reckon. The Cats, they went under by 33 points. They didn't lead at any stage in the game. Yeah, they were in it a lot too. They, I guess the Saints kept them in it a little bit with inaccuracy. They came out firing in the first quarter, St Kilda, and we thought, wow, it'll be the Saints by how much, but just couldn't really put the exclamation point on the game by converting their chances in front of goal and... All in all, up until the fourth quarter, Geelong was still in the game and then the Saints were able to kick away. But you're exactly right, Jack. The Geelong Cats will be pretty disappointed with that. They they didn't really offer a whole lot as the game went on. They're stars that they've relied so heavily on in previous seasons, but especially this season. Dangerfield, Cameron... Hawkins was okay. He had his opportunities coming back from a two-week layoff with his hamstring. Didn't convert on the scoreboard, but at least offered something. But Dangerfield and Cameron, probably one of their like lightest games on um, impact on the game for a long, long time. So the Cats season is officially over. For the Saints now, they've won four of their last five. And if you looked at their season as a, as a graph, Kate, it would start high and then it would dip in the middle. But it's on the way back up again now, isn't it? It is. And everyone has a plateau in that, I guess, at some point in the season. It's 24 rounds. You can't just be up and up the whole time. Um, obviously, injuries come around and form does go up and down. And I think they've played their season pretty well. I think they're, they're parts where their form didn't quite go to plan or the games didn't quite go to plan was when, um, I guess, less teams or teams in the middle of the, the fixture were sort of hitting their strides. And then... You've had teams like Collingwood and, and Port Adelaide who are now dipping at probably the wrong end of the season as well. So, yeah, it's interesting. And I think the last two weeks we've seen their best performance for a while. Um, very clinical against the Tigers. And then tonight we're in it all the way up to the fourth quarter and then able to kick away. All of their prime movers played really well tonight for the Saints. Jack Steele, Jack Sinclair. Um, it it was very much a case of their best players stepping up tonight when it Absolutely, mattered. yeah, definitely, Jack. They, Jack Sinclair, I don't think he's had a bad game all season, has he? He's been fantastic. Just chalking up the numbers, but we see a lot of players get a lot of disposals in footy these days. But Jack Sinclair's impact on the game, regardless of how many touches he gets, but... Also, just the way he uses the footy going inside 50, the way he's that link, he plays off halfback, he plays in the middle of the ground, gets handball, receives, and runs through the middle of the ground and takes the game on. But his decision-making for me always picks the right option, especially when it's the last kick inside 50. And 
You spoke about this a lot in the call on Triple M Footy. What Max King brings back to this team. And not just Max King, the combination of Max King and Tim Membry. I think the two of those, they don't exactly just work side by side either. Tim Membry is just the connection between... Um, defensive 50 and forward 50 and that's what Max King was having to do when Tim Membry wasn't in the side presenting all the way up and then still expected to get in front of the footy and be the the tall option inside 50 but now they've got Membry who's just a workhorse he works all the way up the ground always provides a lead owning the outside of his defender gets the ball and then also another one that just makes really good decisions when he's got ball in hand so the, the combination of those two coming back and King, he's kicked six last week, three this week, had a few more opportunities this week. And, yeah, he's just looking like he's in phenomenal form, even though he's hardly played for a good patch of the season. So the Saints are going to play finals footy? Huge. I, think, I guess if you asked a lot of Saints fans, I think they'd been hopeful that they would have played, but not expecting to play finals. So for them to get in now to the top eight and and have a really good chance as well, they're probably going to earn themselves a final at Marvel, which will be a huge advantage for them because we know how well they play here. Um, So, yeah, I reckon they're a good chance at winning a final as well. Stick with us here on Footy Talk Around the Grounds. On the other side of this, we're going to hand it over to the team at the Adelaide Oval. Oh, my goodness, have they got a bit to talk about between the thriller of the Crows and the Swans. This is Footy Talk. Uh, you're back with Footy Talk around the grounds. Uh, Britton Yates here at the Adelaide Oval with Don Cassisi and Red Biglands as we look back at this uh, big clash. It was finals-defining stuff heading into this game. Sydney had won five in a row. Adelaide were trying to hang in, and it ended up being a uh, Sydney win by one point. 11-8-70 for the Swans. Adelaide 10-13-73. But, Dom, that doesn't really tell the full story, does it, of what we uh, saw unfold here at the Adelaide Oval tonight? No, it doesn't. I mean, gee, the last goal by Keys. Um, was it a goal or wasn't it? That's going to be the story of the week. But still, we spoke at length about, you know, if you're going to beat Sydney Swans, you can't play one quarter of good footy. Crows were amazing in that last quarter, but they left too much out there in the first three quarters, and, and Sydney punished them. No, Sydney was stronger in every part of the game the first three quarters. Yeah, they got out to a really good lead, and particularly in that first half where Adelaide didn't have an answer, and they had multiple goal scorers as well, 10 Goal scorers the week before and eight tonight. Multiple avenues towards goal. Adelaide's defence was under siege, wasn't it? We saw some big moments where uh, they were really the inexperienced defenders for Adelaide that were outgunned. And Sydney worked the ball well. They just got it into attack, got it over the back, and their ball movement was sharp. Adelaide couldn't slow it down. The only way Adelaide got back into the game was when they just threw everything up in the air and said, we're going full, full noise in the final term, and uh, that was when they had their real speed on the ball. There's no doubt, uh, Dom, as you touch on, a, a bit of a controversial finish to this game. So uh, the way it was set up, Adelaide stormed back into it, obviously. There was a, a minute 40 or so left, and the footy went in Adelaide's forward 50 and then went out of play. Keezy got a free kick. It was tight against the boundary uh, underneath the old scoreboard. It was on a good side for him, the left footer. He snapped around the body. It looked as though it was a goal. Everyone thought it was a goal. He celebrated like it was a goal. Rankin jumped on him like it was a goal. But the goal umpire said it's a point. And uh, the players didn't realise until it seemed like an eternity later that uh, Adelaide woke up and tried to get back into the game. But 
Um, the, look, the reason I'm talking about it this way is because we've got a real issue with this goal line technology in, in this sport. It's been in for a few years now. What is it, five years or six yep. years or even longer? And it, it's never definitive. It, it's always maybe or not. And then this one wasn't even checked. Now, it was gone on the decision of the goal umpire who was – he was trailing back. There was pressure there, obviously. He had body pressure from the Swans player in front of him. He was trying to see through him and then through the ball and then where the post was. And he was confidently calling a point rather than a score review, which, um, you know, is extraordinary, really, given that he's got that option. Uh, he was obviously under a lot of pressure and it, it would have given us a good insight as to what actually happened. But they, they don't – they don't review all the points. So you can't just stop the game for that. If it was a goal, they do. It's the other way around. But we're at the we're in the wrong position with this uh, goal line technology. It is. It's miles off, you know. I mean, that's potentially cost a team a final's berth, you know. And that's, that's, that's huge. Um, and if it was a grand final, you'd hate to see a grand final decided like that. We, you know, World Cup soccer, the technology is unbelievable. Yeah. But you would have thought it'd be two-way. I know, I know that the broadcasting thing has to come into play with ads and that sort of stuff, but... You know, at the moment, if, you know, in this scenario here, the umpire didn't call for the review. Yeah. But the people sitting in the arc with the review should be reviewing every point if it's close. Yeah. And if they have looked at it and there's a bit of grey, there should be a message back, hey, hold up the play. We need to look at this. Pause the game yeah. to get the right outcome. Maybe that's what they have to do. Or even in maybe in the last couple of minutes at least. like Maybe a two-minute warning or something where you can have like a challenge, for example, on, yeah. on, on a goal. I mean, I know it won't you know, eradicate all of it, but it would certainly give you an opportunity to have a look at that. To get the decision right. Because even if you have to rewind the clock and put, clock, put some time back on the clock, as you see in other sports, with a, an incorrect decision. But it was incredible that after the, the, the ball was adjudicated to a touch, the goal post, they ran out with that and there was still six or seven players celebrating for Adelaide and they thought it was going back to the centre bounce. They didn't even see the ball come in from a kicking, which made all its way, it made its way down to the wing position. So you've really just got to play to the whistle. Uh, yeah, and I know our game's different, but the VAR and cricket VAR and cricket, you know, yeah. they they can the player or the, the captain can call for a review. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know what the answer is. It's just disappointing. You know, after you know, with all the technology out there, the size of this game, what's on the line for these clubs to make finals or win games? That it just—it's still not black and white. It's the, really sad. The vision wasn't clear at all, though. We've seen three different sides. I don't know about that. I, I reckon it was I re- real clear. I, the more I've looked at it, I reckon it's very clear. Didn't touch the post. There's daylight between the post and the ball all from, the way from through. From a couple of angles, I still think one angle looks like there's a little snick there. And the umpire surely can't. He was right on the spot. You got to give some confidence to them at the time as well, even yeah, though but, he was bustled out of it. But I—I I just don't see the point where mm, you, you it's clearly. From what we've seen subsequent, it looks like it's clearly missed the post. So, really, this isn't really a goal line technology thing as well because it's quite clear that it's yeah. it's missed. It's the fact they couldn't implement that technology because of the way they've got it all set up. But it's a whole mess. And, and Dom, you know, it's not just a game here. What if it's in a final? What if it's in a grand final? What what if it costs you a premiership, something like this, you know? Yeah, it's right. You're 100% right. And then the flow-on's huge. You know, the, flow, you know, the corporate dollars for a footy club, it did, I mean, it's just unsurmountable. Um, the impact that these bad decisions can have. Now, a couple of injuries. Uh, Sloaney went off with a pretty crook eye. He caught the whack in the right eye. Uh, but the interesting one, Biggles, for Sydney is Papley. Tell me about that. Yeah, that right quad. So that injury didn't look too great. In the celebrations after the game when it was a one-point victory, of course, he went to run onto the field and you could see him really hobble. So he was subbed out of the game midway through the second. And uh, we interviewed Luke Parker in the chain rooms 
after the game, and he mentioned that the he didn't know the update on the quad just yet. It was a little bit dicey, if you like. Pabli has not missed a game this year. Rare for him to go down. He looked real ginger. And he's a key component if Sydney are going to be up and firing in the final series if they can get him up. So they might get a Marty back, of course, with that hamstring. Let's hope for that, and let's hope Papley's injury is not too bad. Well, there it is, uh, the wrap-up. Sydney home by a point there. Season alive, Adelaide's is done. Uh, it was Sydney 11-8-74, Adelaide 10-13-73. Uh, if you have a question for us, get on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod, uh, TikTok at footytalkpod. Uh, tomorrow, Daisy Thomas, Abby Holmes and Ryan Daniels on deck to unpack the weekend. Listener.